At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and I am in the office of Pastor Ron Hicks, and we have an exciting program for you today. Ron, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and allowing me to be able to host you. Uh, I love to be able to talk about these everyday topics, these things that are affecting our uh, state, our, our, our nation, our world, but looking at it from a biblical perspective. So I appreciate you. And that's easy so, for me to say, biblical. So, yeah. So Ron, we, we're talking uh, about what's in a word. And I'm in your office looking at some bookshelves mm-hmm. and you have several books uh, on the walls mm-hmm. and you're a person of the book too. And I thought Absolutely. this is great to have you on because you believe that words have concrete meaning. You mm-hmm. depend on clear uh, understanding or uh, uh, an understanding of what the language is mm-hmm. and as you communicate ideas from the pulpit every Sunday morning. And uh, we're going to talk about what's in a word because this has been a big topic. Yeah. Uh, it's in the news on changing definitions. Uh, there were two news stories recently, one about the Oxford Dictionary being pressured. Now, to- the Oxford is the... It's the book to refer to when it comes to pronunciation, origin of a word, and all the rest of it. It is the end-all, be-all. That's the final reference point, the Oxford's this, unabridged this dictionary. This is it. I yep. mean, this is the dictionary of the mm-hmm. English language. Mm-hmm. And Oxford is being pressured right now through an online petition. There are a group of people that want them to broaden the definition of woman, to really change the definition of woman, to include transgenderism. If somebody is actually born male— but identifies as a woman, they want Oxford to change it to acknowledge that. Uh, there's another move uh, afoot as well, and it's actually already happened. There's uh, uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has changed the definition of they, which is a pronoun, which means a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's plural. But they just changed that definition to uh, include somebody that is considered non-binary, and non-binary people, which means they don't identify as male, they don't identify as female, but if they want to be called they, uh, now the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has put that in there as a, a legitimate definition. Mm-hmm. So I want to put this back on you, Ron. Okay. What, are, where do we, what do we do with that? You know, we, we could spend hours and hours unpacking this. Well, just so you know, we've got we don't 28 minutes okay. to do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. some might say, well, listen, the dictionary is just a reflection of what culture is saying anyway. So, so the dictionary does not set precedence. The dictionary just simply records what it is that people are saying. So if in modern language today, if they represent something much broader than just a group of people, and, and I would agree with those folks. Um, that if society as a whole has added, you know, like the uh, bite, uh, years and years ago, bite, and according to the Oxford's Unabridged, would, would be something that you did with your mouth. You know, you would take a bite of an apple. Now, bite, uh, megabyte, gigabyte, all the rest of that is a reference of measurement when it comes to computer devices. Yeah. One didn't follow the other. Uh, I mean, one followed the other in that society has said megabyte, you know, the, all that sort of stuff. So, all of society was using that word, so Oxford reflected what society was saying. What these folks are doing is saying a very small segment of society, mm-hmm. 
a a slice not you wouldn't even consider it enough to to measure is saying hey because we feel like this ought to be we're going to speak for all of society and say that all of society should conform to our very narrow way of thinking and speaking and oh by the way if you don't do that now that it's been recognized by the be all end all oxford's unabridged dictionary now they can use that to be able to say to legislators well look the dictionary defines that and so if you don't conform hate speech or malicious you know speech and all so yeah. uh, so one drives the other and, and instead sure. of you know so so i'm hearing a couple of things there one is that you've acknowledged that words do change sure. they do change over sure. time so the sure. example of bite you know it used to be yeah. biting into food or the dog bit you that kind of thing and then when computers came along we had bites of information even that, in the scriptures an, when you talk about zion zion was a place a mountaintop, a monastery. Then it became to refer to, even though it's the same word, refer to the 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 people of God, the city of God, heaven, and, sure. and all. So, so, but getting back to what I was saying with bite, I guess that mm-hmm. was a different spelling. I don't know if that's a good analogy or. It's, it may not be the exact same. Uh, yeah, but uh, here well, we're talking. B y t e as opposed to b i t e. Yeah, right, right. that's mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. but here we're talking about something that was widely acknowledged and embraced as a concrete definition. Yes. You've got yes. a woman, which means they they have. Uh, XX chromosome. They have female anatomy. They're yeah, biologically traits. determined, not not yeah. not just picking yeah. a word, but biologically determined. Right. So one of the things I heard you say was that if somebody feels a certain way, then they want to be acknowledged that way. And of course, they've pressured at least mm-hmm. uh, in one case, uh, the in the Merriam-Webster dictionary case, they've pressured them to enlarge this pronoun they for those who don't identify as either one. With Oxford, they're not being pressured. Keeping, not in keeping with culture, but basically defining culture to be able to say the smallest minority of yeah. the people are identifying with this, so all of society should change the way they think because of this. It, it, we, we don't work that way. We never have. So and so we don't work that way, but we don't also change di- dictionary right. definitions based on petitions. So right. there's a feeling of a certain small mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. but then there's pressure, a political campaign, really, yes. to change this definition. I want to throw something else out there, though. There are people who really are convinced that they are uh, of the opposite gender that they were born. They really, really feel a certain way. Now, this was defined or viewed as a dysphoria, uh, a a condition, a psychological condition that was treatable until just a few years ago. Until very recently, yeah. But how about the area of respect? Is it disrespectful, Ron, if somebody says, I want to be, even though it's a biological male that wants to identify as a woman, is it disrespectful to uh, not acknowledge that? Is it just, how do we go about that? You're a pastor, you You deal with sensitive situations. And I know that you, even though you're, so the listeners can't see you, but you're pretty built and you're i know you're past and i wouldn't want to if a donut is a shape yeah no you've got some you've got some guns on on your you know coming down from your shoulders but i wouldn't get in a fight with you i wouldn't want to mess with you but i know that you can be really sensitive to people in tough situations uh and we've talked on this program about transgender people that Mm -hmm. you've had interaction with and you can Mm -hmm. be really sensitive to that is it being sensitive or caring to call them by the uh, pronoun that really doesn't align with their biology? That's a great question, Richard. Goodness, that's a great question. And, and uh, kind of kind of taking a step back a minute, we, you know, sometimes people say, well, words aren't that important. If words weren't in that important, there wouldn't be a special word to describe how important words are. The word semantics literally means it's a linguistic, logical um, a terminology 
concerned with the meaning of words. If somebody expressed to me, listen, with all of my heart, I would rather you call me this. I would be equally passionate to say, with all of my heart, I don't understand that. So let's try to find some common ground here. I, I don't know that I can go, you know, if you're obviously biologically a male, I don't know that I could bring myself to say, call you a woman because it flies in the face of everything I've ever learned logically and everything else. Yeah. I don't know if I can do that. How but about I the would, moral dimension too? Or the, the yeah, you're ethical. fearfully and wonderfully made. God had made you, created you in his image, and he created you in the image of, of the maleness of God. And, and where I'm going with that, the morality on both mm-hmm. sides, because if you are to participate with somebody's fiction or somebody's delusion, is that really being a loving thing it, to do? It, no, it's not. I, I think I would say, I, I'm fond of a phrase, I hear what you're saying. But, and so I would say, I hear what you're saying. I hear it's important to you. But uh, maybe after the break, we can we can pick this back up. Let's do, and we do need to take a quick break, and we'll pick this up right. in just a moment. Hey, Richard Nelson here. Did you know that there's an election coming up? And according to some projections, the turnout is going to be low, somewhere in the low 30th percent range. This means that only about one out of every three eligible voters will get out to the polls to vote this November the 5th. And this is unfortunate on two accounts. First, our freedom depends on our involvement and our vote. Second, it's a really important election. Races for governor, attorney general, and other constitutional offices are on the Kentucky ballot. And the future of our Commonwealth is at stake. To learn more about the candidates, go to CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. That's CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. Inform yourselves about the candidates, then vote your values on Tuesday, November the 5th. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm here with Ron Hicks, and we're talking about changing words, the changing definition of words. Uh, are they concrete? Do they change over time? What about when you have a word such as female or woman that changes, and there's somebody that identifies with the opposite gender? Uh, and we were talking about, is it loving to agree with that person that identifies with the opposite gender? And I'm here with Pastor Ron Hicks, and he has had experience interacting with people uh, that that have transgender um, experiences. And Ron, t- how do we? What do we do when we have somebody? Because we don't want to be ugly. We don't want to s- stigmatize. We don't want to throw them under the bus. As Christians, we know that we're all made in the image of God. Even that person that's identifying as transgender. But at the same time, uh, is it loving to— well, I can give you a little example, if I may. Uh, uh, I met a man, he identified as a man, who was in the midst of transitioning. The, those are all his words. Um, and I asked him, I said, biologically, do you test male or female? Because this is, this is years and years ago. He said, biologically, I'm man. And I said, so you're telling me that when you say you're a woman inside, it's, 
it's a psychological thing. It's all in your thinking. And he said, yes, yes. Uh, And so I'm sitting across from a guy, 6'4", 260, ex-football player, football coach, tattoos, carrying a purse, wearing makeup, um, dressed halfway like a man, halfway like a woman. You could just tell there was all kind of conflict going on there. And so he admitted, yes, just psychologically, there's nothing physiologically with me that identified that I'd be a woman. And so so for me to be able to say, okay, because you've concluded just in your mind that you're a woman, despite all of the evidence, uh, visual and, and measurable, uh, that says you're a man, if, if I just go along and say, okay, I'll also declare that you're a woman, I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I could say, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. What you're saying is biologically you're a man. Inside your mind, you think you're a woman, so you're transitioning. Yeah. I don't have to participate in that to understand that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the conversations that we can have is when you're sitting across the table with somebody that is convinced in their mind that they're of the opposite sex because it personifies, it's not a theoretical, it's not Mm-mm. something, an issue that you're just debating, but it's embodied in the person across from you. I've experienced the same thing where I've had discussions with people who identify as transgender. And on one hand, I want to be respectful. I want to be compassionate. I want to acknowledge that they have dignity. On the other hand, I don't want to, I don't necessarily agree with them. I don't want to say everything's okay. I, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's the way God made us. And yet at the same time, Ron, I'm broken. I've heard you say but I'm, I'm a the, sick, when, twisted freak. You hear me? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> you're always saying that. And it makes yeah. me nervous sometimes, but that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. But that's hey, the I truth. I would just say like amazing grace. So I'm who are wretch. you to say? Who are you to say that somebody else is more broken? Right. Well, and so I, what do you do? With you know that? what I did? I, I, after talking with this guy, I said, can I tell you a story about the biggest wretch I've ever met? Yeah. You know, wretch, I guess, is better in, if we sing in an amazing grace. Saved a wretch like me. And, and, and I gave him my testimony. Did not tell him who it was, but at the very end, I said, yeah, and this 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 uh, knuckleheaded young man, God called to preach and all the rest of that. And I said, and that man sits before you today. So if God can save a wretch like me, there's no telling what he can do in the life of a person hey, like you. And I've, to all the people listening out there, I've heard your story and you've got, um, you've been through a lot. I was a wretch. You, you've, <laughs> I've heard some of the free, stuff right. that you're a pastor now, you're beloved I don't by say your that, people. Yeah, no, no bragging at all, but I've lived on both sides of the tracks. Yeah, but I, but I, I know your story. I know where you are now, and you're a beloved pastor, and people trust you. I see how the kids at the church come up to you, and they give you a hug. And, to God be the glory, man. And and there's been a radical change in yes. your life, and it's not because of what you've done, Mm-mm. but it's because of God changing it's you. Him. That's it's, right. it's what Christ has done, and yeah. I think that's something. There's, there's safe and steady ground or solid ground. We come at it from a couple of big um, principles. One is there's a God. Number two, he makes us in his image. Number three, we're all fallen. We're all broken. Uh, and number four, we all need a savior. Yeah. And you I know, like to say it, it this way. We're fallen and we're broken. But for God, it's too late. See, he's helplessly and hopelessly in love with us. So even though we're fallen and we're broken and, and the Bible says we're an enemy of his and all that, while we were yet enemies, he, Christ died for us. It, it It's too late for him. He's, he's in love with us. And he pursues us to the point where he stepped down from eternity did not think it beneath him to put on flesh and blood and came and yeah. walked among men because in matters of the heart, you got to go yourself. That's right. That's good news, what you're sharing. Yes, it's it it's an incredible uh, act of love. Yeah. It's an incredible act of sacrifice. Yeah. When you understand the gospel story of God entering into history 
embodying the form of a man, fully man, fully God. Mm-hmm. I still don't get yeah, my mind around it. Do that? Yeah. You and I have talked about that before. Yeah. It's still something difficult to comprehend, but God himself stepping into our shoes, so to speak, becoming human, mm-hmm. living a perfect, sinless mm-hmm. life, but then becoming a sacrifice yeah. for us. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times we don't understand, well, why did God have to die? Well, a couple of things. One is that it shows us how serious sin is. Mm-hmm. Part of the Old Testament uh, economy was that there was always a sacrifice for There's sin. No forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. It's, the penalty it, for sin is it, death. It tells us how serious yes. sin is, though. Mm-hmm. It, there needs to be a sacrifice, yes. but this is what God did for us. He mm-hmm. sacrificed his life for us so that we could be reconciled to a holy and a pure God. You and I have joked around before, but because of because of the people that we know, sometimes we're invited to fancy places. Imagine having reservations to a fancy restaurant. You're required to have a suit and a tie. At the very last minute, somebody's having a meeting there. Why don't you join us? You have, you have reservations. You got money in your pocket, and you go. And the maitre d stops you and says, "I'm sorry, without a jacket and a tie, you can't come in." Yeah. And so he stops you because there's a standard. Yet the very one who stops you and explains the standard will go into the back and get you a jacket and a tie to say, no, you, you can't come in without it. But if you will allow me, I will give you the very thing you need to enter in. Christ said, you, can, you cannot enter heaven with sin, but if you allow me, I'll take care of that for you. There's even a parable in the New Testament that Jesus talks about the, uh, the wedding banquet yeah. where there's people who were welcomed in that had the wedding clothes, they probably came mm-hmm. with a gift, and then there's people that showed up, they weren't dressed for it, mm-hmm. and then the guy at the door mm-hmm. said, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're not dressed for this mm-hmm. wedding, you need to go away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good news is is that we don't clothe ourselves. Mm-hmm. Those who are broken, right. those who have confessed Christ, Man, he's the one that clothes us. He's the one that gives us the clothes and invites us into the wedding banquet. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I love celebrations, That's I love right. weddings yeah. and good yeah. food and Music and dancing, I think that's well, all. Wait a minute, the, though. You're a Baptist, so you can't. Well, we can call it an interpretive movement. <laughs> so we, we have words for all that. <laughs> we can, we can I'm sorry, I'm going off track know, here. But, but yeah. well, no, bringing that all around, again, how, how does this all connect? People are looking. People are looking to fit in. They're looking to connect. They're, they're learning. I mean, they're looking and yearning for identity and all the rest of that. We look in all these places, yeah. sometimes to drugs and alcohol, sometimes yeah. to, to, to uh, well, I don't fit in, so I must not be the right gender yeah. or whatever. Christ says, I can can give you all that you need, but it's got to be in me. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer.
Welcome back to the last segment of the Commonwealth Matters. I'm here with Ron Hicks, and we are talking about the meaning of words. Do they change? How do they change? When is it appropriate for for word definitions to change? And uh, Ron, we're seeing the impact on uh, the transgender moment that we're in. We're seeing it extend to the presidential race, where Democratic candidates are identifying as um, being in favor of uh, acknowledging that women can tr- transition into men and vice versa. So Joe Biden, uh, one of the leading candidates, I think, in all the polls, Joe Biden is the top Democratic candidate for president. He was asked a question earlier this year, how many genders there are? And his reply was, there are at least three. And he said to the questioner, don't play games with me, kid. There are at least three genders, is what he said. Now, if you look on Facebook, there are over fifty. Well, I was going to say who, genders. Who, who is who? Who sets the line? He said it at three. Other people said it at fifty, or other people say it's innumerable. And um, I mean, if you're making it up, so Elizabeth Warren, another top Democratic uh, presidential candidate, updated her Twitter profile to include she slash her pronouns. And she says that uh, on her Facebook page that she will fight with you for equality on Trans Day. So you're seeing uh, people, you know, saying that there are more than one to the two genders, which I didn't know that until the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing them change their actual pronoun usage, which uh, is pretty austere because uh, when somebody's forced, first of all, I guess people have the choice to do that. They can use the sure, pronouns. Sure. But where this goes, where this leads to, is the forcing of, on the rest of society, a very narrow understanding of gender, a controversial um, issue. But in some areas, it's considered hate speech or a microaggression if you do not use the correct gender that the person wants to have used. Um, so it, People may say, what difference does it make, really? In, in the scheme of things, what difference does it make? All right. Um, uh, 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 somebody uh, witnesses a crime and and uh, uh, they call the police and the police says, okay, give me a description. Well, uh, five foot uh, eight and blah, 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 male or female. Well, it was a they. Yeah. Well, well uh, male or female, well, it was they. I don't, I don't, uh, so, so who do I look for? So this, I'm glad you <laughs> yeah, brought that up because so, this is one of the dangers yeah, of forcing changes yeah. on the rest of us when that's not where we all are. Right, right. It, it you know, we, the words are important. Words have meaning to them. And it's important that we have a shared understanding of these words. And it's when you have one segment that sections off and says, well, here's our new understanding. And by the way, we're going to force all of you to agree with us. You're going to see controversy over that. Uh, you know, it's good that we have discussions. Sure. I think we should have debates and discussions, and maybe these discussions have been happening in the universities for the last decade or so. I've not been aware of them, but maybe we're just seeing what's been going on. In Could you imagine asking somebody directions? You're in a hospital. Can I help you, sir? Uh, yes, I'd like to find uh, the where the waiting room is. We'll go down the hallway and and uh, and and turn okay left or right well i i, I want to be able to keep your interpretation of direction open <laughs> so you know i don't want to say left or right we don't use terms like that here you could be left or right whatever truth is to you i just want to know how to get there do i turn so, left or right i mean it's a silly sort of a thing but, no, but i mean the, i think the whole thing I think you're right I, did you see the meme somebody told me about a meme that's going around on facebook about the prius that was identifying as an 18 wheel truck <laughs> 
there's more no, to it. No, but I could I could just picture all yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. and we could go down that path and joke about it. I, I want to be sensitive to people who are struggling well, with this. We're laughing over the meme, but, not the topic. That's right. Just so, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, but it is important that there is a shared understanding of words that when there is a change to the definition, it's not one segment that's forcing it on the rest of society. And here's the other part, too. That conscience is respected. I've seen in some communities where there are laws that say that misgendering is a crime. In California, there's a law in the books that say that healthcare workers, those that work in nursing homes, that misgender a person yeah. can be fined for that. Right. In some Canadian, I have to go along with what your version of the truth is, even though if it flies in a lifetime of training, or somebody else has a different definition of what truth is. So whatever. Then whoever decides what truth is, then the uh, everybody has to conform instantly, regardless if you. Yeah, I mean that makes no sense. So, so it does not respect the conscience, no. and I'm and I'm not defending harassment, purposeful harassment no, of somebody uh, of that's just not. going after somebody. But where does conscience come in? I mean, should should somebody be forced to uh, use that pronoun? I've heard the pronoun that would violate their conscience. I've heard it explained this way. The way around it is to just use that person's preferred name, whatever their name is, because there's no moral Mm -hmm. violation. There's no Mm -hmm. violation of the conscience when you use somebody's first name. So that's one good way Mm -hmm. around it. Mm -hmm. And just be conscious of that. And I think all of us need to be conscious conscious of the change in our culture, conscious of where people are. Uh, especially as Christians, we want to be careful in this. And, you know, everything for us comes back to the spiritual realm. You know, are there any stories in the Bible where somebody's been hated into heaven, berated into heaven, uh, mocked into heaven? You know, the whole the, that old saying, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie yeah. from the pits of hell. Words hurt. They do. Malicious words hurt. Yeah. So if somebody says, I want you to call me this, and some, and you, you, you retaliate with words and derogatory comments, and you purposely offend the other person, that you, you, you're not showing the it's, love of Christ, and that's there. disrespecting the Absolutely. image of God in that Absolutely. other person too. Yeah. So, so for a Christian to right. do that, look, Christians should be looking for ways to reconcile, to reach out. We're ministers to have of reconciliation. Yeah, absolutely, uh-huh. and to to reach out, to have conversations, to help somebody who's struggling. We shouldn't be the ones throwing the bomb, so right. to speak. We shouldn't be the one pointing the finger. We shouldn't be the one that's putting somebody down or labeling whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. And this is so important because it's going to make us uncomfortable when we step out there and interact with somebody who's not like us or even somebody that doesn't like us. It's important that we muster up the courage to reach out to those who need the love of Christ and to, to hear some healing words. To understand that we do care about them. And listeners, don't hear what we're not saying. We're not saying, I mean, by treating somebody with dignity, you're not necessarily condoning a green. You're just simply saying, I want to treat you with dignity. I'm going to uh, I, I have compassion on them as sheep without a shepherd. I want to be able to earn the right to be able to share with you the truth in love. And if, if by doing so, you just simply treat them with common courtesies, you know, then then I mean, then that's what you do. There's a saying in the public policy realm that says uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's truth. And this should be our um, beginning point, mm-hmm. that we should care deeply about people, not just people that look like us, but all right. people, and especially those who are struggling with whatever issue. Sure. Because whatever. the truth truth yeah. is, is that we have all struggled at one time or another. We've all need God's love. 
we've all needed a word of encouragement from our fellow man. And Mm -hmm. for Christians, there are many opportunities out there to do that. So with that said, Ron, we are out of time. Hey, it's been a great uh, program. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. Yes, sir.